It's lunchtime in Central Texas. Live at one of the year's biggest events. As you can see, the crowd is going wild. Let's see who will have their cake and eat it, too. It's time for the press box. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? I can read. PB and J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? No, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Here's your host, Ward White and Cameron Stewart, along with Aaron Sexton. Uh, it is lunchtime in Central Texas on this Manic Monday. <laughs> That's true. Sure is right. That's true. Everyone is panicking. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> brought to you in part by Scott's Lease Traders Pickup Outfitters. Also brought to you by Precision Garage Door and CTWP here on this Monday morning, a day after the AFC and NFC championships came down. And anybody really surprised with the outcome? Yes. Okay. I guess not. <laughs> No, I, I'm I more surprised, surprised at how the game's played out more so than the I football. was surprised. Okay, two thoughts. Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where was he? Thumbs down. Like, where was he? And then what was number four's name? I Dave mean, they Flowers. had so many wow. penalties. College. They, had, <laughs> they had so many penalties. Okay, and then you go switch to the other game, and it was first half. Detroit had it, and then... 49ers came back with the revenge, and it was like, where did the Lions go? They didn't roar very loud in the second half. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They, they <laughs> but I think you look slipped. at the KC-Baltimore game, and we'll get into this throughout the day today. And we'd love to hear from you. Did it fold out the way you thought it would fold out on Championship Sunday? Tax line 254-662-1660. Let us know if you thought that this was the path that you thought it was going to go and maybe what you think uh, is going to happen in a couple of weeks. But for KC and Baltimore game, Lamar Jackson was pretty much playoff Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I think they put too much on his plate. They only ran the ball eight times. You're not going to win a playoff game running the ball eight times. You're just the top not. rushing team in the league. You're just not going to do that. And hats off to KC. Mm-hmm. And the defense that they put out there, was absolutely just smothering. What's his name? Hamilton had a good game, but I never really saw him go after Kelsey. Couldn't cover him. At all? They couldn't cover him. Uh-uh. Yeah, the whole team couldn't cover him. Uh-uh. Well, I, and, and by you the way, look at the... Kelsey, oh, that guy is a... <laughs> he's a beast. He's a playoff beast. Yeah, yeah he Absolutely. Is. He absolutely turned it up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the Kansas City defense is something a lot of people us very much included, have not talked about. This is, I mean, these were the two top scoring defenses in the league this year, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, and in the doldrums of the season when Kelsey was not producing, this defense carried them and kept them in ball games. You know, there's only so much the quarterback can do no matter how great he is. And now it, it looks like Kansas City, after 17 games, has been playing their best football the last couple of weeks here. Well, you know, they kept saying that, all you right. know, yeah, Kansas City's defense, I've heard all year, is not that good, not that good. Well, they looked good to me yesterday. Pretty good. No, they're good. 
And they can run the ball effectively and, and enough. And what yes. Steve Spagnola did with that defense, I mean, I think you look at this and go back. I don't know how far you have to go back to see a defensive performance the way you saw yesterday, but you're going to look back at this one and go, this may be one of the best ever in the playoffs of what he drew up to slow down what we thought was a real potent Baltimore offense. And they looked anything less than pedestrian yesterday. Love Spags. Always thought he's been <laughs> underrated as a DC. Oh, I think so. Yeah. And and some a lot of people do I don't think you could I, <laughs> I don't think you could have drew it up any more perfectly than what he did yesterday. It was it was fantastic. And I know that there will be some people who talk about boneheaded plays kind of going towards Kansas City side, but I think you put pressure. I mean, first off, that 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 final Lamar pick in the end zone is horrific. I mean, what are we doing? You're throwing I, into triple coverage. Yes, everyone knows not. I, I, I saw that throw, and I said, I literally don't think Patrick Mahomes has ever attempted that throw in the NFL, ever. Um, and the, the great ones don't do it at all when it matters. But I, I think, okay, you can say that's a boneheaded play, but when you have the frustration of going against this Kansas City defense all night, and you're supposed to be the MVP, you need to make a play, like, that's in his head a little bit. Or or Zay Flowers reaching for the end zone, which goes for a fumble, which you should never do unless it's fourth down. But they get in your head a little bit. They're thinking, we need to score. We need to score now. And that was... Th- those two, quote-unquote, boneheaded plays, which they were, were built up through the skill of the Kansas City defense for the first 50 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was stupid, though. That, that last throw in particular. Good Lord. I'm not that smart. I don't think I would do it. (laughs) I mean, it was, and you know, sometimes, sometimes you see these where the safeties are reading it right and they come out of nowhere. And I saw some of the aerial shots of this. He was never open. No, I don't even remember. Not even close. Not remotely open. Never open. He was double covered. And then the safety comes over to make it triple coverage in in a two eye shell. So uh, it was. Uh, just a terrible decision, and and that is one of those things. You know, we talked about the clutch quarterbacks last week, and I don't think I put Lamar on the list. It's not that he's not the most one of the most skilled quarterbacks in the league. He absolutely is, but until we see it in the crunch time, and yeah, maybe that's a harsh standard, but until we see it in the crunch time, you have to think of these guys differently. Like, yes, Lamar might be the MVP this year, but, but he to didn't me, get it done. <laughs> Mahomes and him, those are different planets. Who are you going to take on your team? If you're building the team, who do you want? Oh, I you mean, want Mahomes or Mahomes. you want Lamar Jackson? That's almost Mahomes. unfair. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, over anybody in the league. He's not even fair. in the same conversation, in my opinion. No. No. Just not. He, he hasn't proven that he can get it done in the playoffs. And having everybody that talks about, hey, this offense is prolific. And it's going to be hard for KC to stop. Well, Spagnolia just slapped him in the face and said, hey, we're going to stack the box, and you still can't throw against us. Okay, and they me, couldn't. Let me throw this question at you. Because this got the, the wheels churning. This got me thinking. So, obviously, I'm picking Mahomes over Lamar Jackson to start my team, right? How about a guy who's had two fourth-quarter comebacks in the playoffs the last two weeks? Are you taking Lamar Jackson to start your team or Brock Purdy to start your team? Brock Ooh. Purdy. Brock Purdy. I, I probably take Lamar Jackson. I'm probably taking Lamar Jackson. Nobody's taking Brock Purdy. I'm taking Brock I, Purdy. I want Nobody Brock Purdy did. to be good, like that good, no, but he's like nah. I mean, <laughs> he's doing obviously a great Not job funny. with the team that he has. 
But I, I get it. Brock Purdy <laughs> made two don't... plays yesterday. That's it. Yeah. He made two plays in that game last night. That's it. One and, with his legs and one with his arm. Okay, but give him a couple more years and let's see. No. <laughs> no. I just I I, I almost just him. want he him one game start to play for another four, team. Three, four. <laughs> you know, I I just want to see what that's like. One one game where he's with the Buccaneers or the Cardinals, the Seahawks. Just one one game. <laughs> I want to see Brock Purdy with a different system and a different head coach. I mean, I, but I hey, think, this is what he's got. This is what he's got. Look, he, he fell into a great situation. Sure. And there's something to be said about a guy that won't drive it up on the curb. And That's he won't. That's the big thing. Yep. He won't drive it. On, he's not going to He's not gonna put you in harm's way more times than he than he is. I mean, he, he he's just that type of quarterback that he's, he's safe. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to get you in trouble. He will make a few mistakes, but he's not going to make the big mistakes. He just doesn't. And they don't ask him to overdo anything at San Francisco. It just kind of fits him. Look, I, I get it. You got the best quarterback maybe that's ever played the game. We'll see when it all ends up. I mean, I, I think he's going to make a run at it. Yes, I think he'll at worst be just in the top five. When he's done, when he's all said and done, at the very worst. I, yeah. Right now, I put him at number two all time. I, that's more comfortable for me to put him at number two. Yeah. I mean, and I, five. I, he could pass. I mean, he, he's a young cat. Could. He's a young cat. Could. Yeah. Got a long way to go. But and you got the last pick in the draft just two years ago in the Super Bowl. It's a great story. Awesome. But I mean, let's let's be real. He was the last pick in the draft for a reason. <laughs> I was trying to think of last night of someone who, like, I don't want to say he's total garbage. He's not. He's not. But and again, I'm trying to think of someone. There's who nothing is, wrong with being pedestrian and being able to not drive it up on the curb. There is ab- right. There's a lot of teams that would take that right now. They don't ask for your 40 time if you win the Super Bowl. I'll say that. No. You know. And so I was trying to think of someone who, in this quarterback-driven era of the last 10, 15 years, 10 years specifically, who had his skill set but his situation and actually got to where he is in the Super Bowl. So I was thinking about some other guys like Mark Sanchez, got to the AFC Championship game twice, didn't get to the Super Bowl, didn't win it. And the only guy I could think of in that last 10 years who got there was Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. Not a big arm. Eli. Never going to draw it up. Eh, yeah. Yeah, Eli did have a clutch, a clutch factory. But, yeah, that's that's not unfair. See, and that's, that's not <laughs> unfair. talk about this clutch stuff. Part of his clutch was a magical catch by Tyree right. on his helmet. I mean, it was a bad pass that the guy made a miracle catch on, and people still to this day say Eli Manning is clutch. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, but two game winning drives is, in the Super and, Bowl. and also, Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Uh Absolutely not. Oh, yeah, absolutely is. He's got two Super Bowl rings. He's a Hall of Famer. Doesn't matter. He didn't do anything oh, special when, as a starting quarterback. <laughs> he was, was, he he was never. When was he a top yeah. 10 quarterback? That's, that's, he never just, was. Any time in his career was he in the top 10. Only to you. I'll find common ground in that I think he probably will get Actually, in, but I'm on the Aaron side here. I don't think he should be a Hall a, of Famer. That, that's going to be a huge. I think Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback. But he didn't win the Super Bowl. He never won the Super Bowl. He'll he'll he get in because of the two but rings, he, but he will. Oh, I I and I I don't 
I don't put him in the top tier of all quarterbacks of all time, but he won two Super Bowls. He's a Hall of Famer. Doesn't that it's like just make you happen. get the ick in your throat, Ward? Doesn't <laughs> like even believing I, it doesn't that know. make you feel icky? Like, well, I mean, ugh, Eli it, it is what it is. Oh, it is. You cannot keep my a guy Scott out Rowland. of the Hall of Fame that has two <laughs> Super Bowl rings as a quarterback. Just not going to happen. Jimmy Garoppolo has two. Yeah, not a starter, but right. But that's the that's the comparison I thought of was, and it's just so funny. It's like, well, he had the exact, basically the exact situation that Purdy has right now. Obviously, same coach, same system. Mm-hmm. Both had Debo. You know, one has Christian McCaffrey too. That helps a lot. And the year that that. This first matchup happened that Kansas City San Francisco. The 49ers also had a great defense. It's it's almost the same thing, which I guess that's just a great mark on the coach. And I've always liked Shanahan. I hope he can win one. We'll get into this later. I I don't know that this is the one. <laughs> I just don't think just so. I and I, can subject to change, you know, I can think about it over 2 weeks, but the way I look at it right now, I don't see San Francisco winning. Mm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, be. I don't either. These are two great teams. I, fan-wise, yeah, we would have loved to have are these Detroit the, or Baltimore. Are, are these or the both. best two teams No. going into the Super Bowl? Yeah. You think so I over think so Detroit? Too. I think so, yeah, yeah absolutely. Hmm. Okay. I, I wish it was Detroit. Oh, uh, we now, all did. I would have loved Detroit it to have been Detroit. Detroit is a better but. story because they've never been there. I like good stories. And <laughs> of course you do. Just saying. And by the way, for Detroit, for 21 positions out of the 22 on offense and defense, they are up there with Kansas City. Like, Kansas City is better, and they're obviously much better at quarterback, even though I like Jared Goff. Um, but they're not, like, they're a really well rounded team. San Francisco, pound for pound, position by position. Better. The all pros, the guys who are going to be getting MVP votes. Mm-hmm. Big time. I agree. Okay, 20 out of 22 positions. Uh, <laughs> I think Kelsey's a little better than whoever the Lions have at, at tight end. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll omit that. KC gets the win over Baltimore 17 to 10, and Detroit, well, they couldn't hang on, and San Francisco gets it done 34 31. We'll take the break. When we come back, we'll stay with the NFL. Talk about what went wrong for the Lions. Late in that ball game. That's next on the press box. Baylor Big Twelve basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears on the road in Big Twelve play Wednesday to take on UCF. Five thirty for the countdown to tip off. Six p.m. tip off Wednesday. Follow the Bears through the Big Twelve conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor basketball, ESPN Central Texas. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Gish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands. Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. 
Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Morrison's Gifts would like to thank all of their friends, family, and extended family, their customers, for another amazing year. They would also like to extend a special thanks to Eminem Broadcasters, ESPN Central Texas, and Shooter FM for helping grow their business through the uncertainty of the pandemic and recent economic concerns. Morrison's Gifts would especially like to thank the community for shopping local. Morrison's is a proud Baylor alumni-owned business serving gift-giving needs of Central Texas. Go see our friends at Morrison's Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills close to Jason's Deli. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville in Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection of metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices prices. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams and Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Recently on the John Moore Show. Chris Patola, our guest, ESPN College basketball analyst. And it'll be interesting also, John, one last thought here. All of these teams are playing in Foster Pavilion for the first time. What is the impact that has? I'll be curious to see what Baylor's record at home is by the end of the season. The John Morris Show, 2 to 3 p.m., weekdays here on ESPN Central Texas. Home for the world champion Texas Rangers, ESPN Central Texas. A little Morris Day in the time. Very nice, Aaron. Reaching way back. Can't believe they only had one hit. That song is so great. I thought that they would, and they, you know, they had that hit around the time that Prince had his well they, they, biggest because hits. it was in Purple Rain, right. 
I mean, well, he, he had a couple of songs there in Purple Rain that did him did him well. But it was because of that movie. This one's over my head. Purple Rain? Not men- no, I know Purple Rain. Okay. Know Purple Rain. You don't know Morris Day in the Time? No. No. Not many that they, you guys can pull they, out that's over my head. Though. They were the group that battled Prince on having the best act at that club for okay. Purple Rain. They were kind of adversaries. It didn't work, did it? it didn't no, work out. No, it didn't work out. That's Not for bad. Morris Day in the Time. That's what I feel like. Prince won out, you know? I, I think he did, yeah. I think he got the upper hand. Uh, that's what I thought of when we were talking about the British invasion a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> which Stephanie now knows about. Um, but like all those other bands that also dressed in suits and played, you know, pretty good rock music, but not mm-hmm. like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. That must have stunk. It's been like, man, if we were 10 years earlier or even 10 years later. No. Nope. Might have had a shot. No. Nope. <laughs> now, you know, people don't remember the Dave Clark Five and the Monkees and well, they weren't British, but, you know. Anyway. Anyway, the music discussions are for the last segment for us to get to the finish line. So <laughs> that's exclusively what they're for. The Lions yesterday oh. tried to get it done, but San Francisco was able to spoil things for them there in the fourth quarter. What went wrong for Dan Campbell? Uh, honestly, I think at the end of the day, the thing that really went wrong was the gunslinger attitude. The Detroit versus everybody, we are aggressive as holy heck kind of attitude. <laughs> my my Twitter is stats tell all, and I was still screaming, kick the field goal. Come on, dude. Like, we all, <laughs> if we were all get in Madden, points. we'd be going for it on fourth down. Uh, of course. And I love when teams get aggressive on fourth and three or less, which they had. It was fourth and two. There was also seven minutes left. But, <laughs> what, they were, or excuse me, how many? How much time was left on that? I don't have it in front 7.38. Of I, was just, I was just looking at the wrong one in front of 7. me. 7.38. And it was still fourth and short. Um, fourth and three fourth at and the 30-yard line. Yes, sorry. So 47-yard field goal. I know they don't love the kicker, but within 50, in good conditions, you should be trusting your kicker. Um, I, I just... I'm not I, sure if he has the best kicker in the league. No. That hit, that changes Dan Campbell's mind. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. They, they went for it on fourth down. I think it was 13% more than the league average. They were far and away the leaders in going for it on fourth down. I know it's analytics-driven. That's why I love when teams go for it on fourth and short. But when the margins are so finite here in a championship game, you just you I I know it's conservative and it's boring, but you've got to you take, gotta the, take points. the points. You have to because that would have right there up three. Am I wrong in this? Oh, now I'm totally forgetting the situation. Now that the red light's on, because um, San Francisco scored. So, oh boy, you oh, that would have <laughs> given them a three point lead. Would have no. It would have tied the game. You're talking about the last. Three. You're talking yes, about the, the last, last field goal. The okay. last one, not the not the other one that the they decided one that not they to should've, do. They should have. <laughs> yeah. That would have put them up. <laughs> yes, yes, that would have kept them up. So this one, because San Francisco goes down, makes it a ten point game, and essentially the game's over. Um, I just, I just don't understand why you don't take the points there. I, I get the aggressiveness, but there's seven and a half minutes left of the game. You're going to get the ball back, right? 
at, at almost no matter what, you are going to get the ball back with, with some amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so my theory, thinking about that is, one possession left, okay, we can either tie the game, and at worst, we're just a touchdown away from tying it on our, on our one other drive. Or, at worst, if we go for it, the best case scenario is we take the lead and try to hold them off, but even then, I don't know, they're probably going to score again. And the worst case scenario is exactly what happened. You didn't get it. They came down and scored. You have to stretch one possession into two possessions, and the game is essentially over. And you have to stop a team from getting one first down with two timeouts left, um, which, I mean, that wasn't even going to happen anyway. You had to really get a onside kick. Um, but even if you had enough time to force them to a punt, they were getting seven and a half yards of play in the second mm-hmm. half. It, it just it wasn't going to happen. And now that I've got my bearings, I'm even more into how bad this call was. And it, you know what it made me think of was Super Bowl 51 when the Falcons blew the 28-3 yeah. lead. Very similar. They had the ball. I, I know they were ahead, and this would have been to tie the game. But in terms of the mentality, they had the ball up a score with five minutes left or so, four minutes left, I want to say. And it's when Julio Jones had that great toe-tapping catch that everyone was, oh my God, here we go again, this great catch against the Patriots. That put them in field goal range. If they kick a field goal, the game's over. They're up 11 points, it's done. They win the Super Bowl. And I just remember thinking in that game, all they need to do is not go backwards. They went backwards. They did. They got a sack, they got a holding call, and then they had an incomplete pass that might have even set them up for a long field goal, so instead they had to punt. And for me, that's that's the same kind of mentality of they needed to just run the ball and get forward and kick a field goal to end the game. Mm-hmm. The points are just, the margins are so fine, and the points are so darn valuable. So that mentality for me was the same for Dan Campbell of, oh, you know, we, we didn't get it on third down. But we have to. We've got to take the points. You know, Atlanta wanted to be flashy on that drive, and it didn't work for them. Detroit wanted to be aggressive because that's what they've done all season long. It didn't work for them. And I know it's a lot of people were saying at the time that they loved going for fourth down and are on radio shows this morning saying you should have kicked it. I was screaming at the TV, you should have kicked it. Like, I know it's not sexy, but that is what wins football games. That. You, it, the you game hasn't changed. Away. The game hasn't changed. You can put all the analytics and everything else you want to in it. Yeah. The game of football basically has not changed. It hasn't. And you've got to understand in a game like this that two teams are pretty evenly matched. Points are a premium. You don't leave them sitting out there. You I don't care. Can't. You just can't because it will come back and bite you. And they did it two, arguably three times. Three times. Because right before the half, they had a goal-to-go situation they couldn't convert on. And they got it all, and they had the time. They got it to fourth and goal. It's not like they had a first to goal with 10 seconds left. And so, yeah, not as big a deal. But then when you look back at the fine margins, it is that big a deal. And good teams make you pay for that. And San Francisco came alive in the second half, like totally back from the dead. Um, and just dominated it. I mean, to think that they essentially won by two possessions is incredible to think about from where we were at halftime. Oh, they were, they were an afterthought at halftime. They were dead, man. I, and and Detroit was kicking their butt. Like I, 
I mean, they were Ben Johnson was in his bag, especially in that second quarter where they're switching up formations. They're having, you know, tight ends ineligible and Penny Sewell is eligible and they're running it down their throat. Uh, I love when teams switch up eligible guys like that because the defense has to react to it no matter what you announce. And it worked for them this time better than it did against the Cowboys. Uh, but they were just, they were running it down their throat eventually. Like they were kicking their butt. I didn't think San Francisco was going to have an answer. They did. Was it because of San Francisco had the answer or the moment got too big for the Lions? Hmm. I'm going to go with San because Francisco there was, had the there answer. Was, there was a lot of drops yes. and there was a lot of misfires from oh, yeah. Jared Goff there, especially in that third quarter. I, third I, quarter was miserable for the Lions. And especially, I think I know exactly one drive that we're thinking of in that third quarter where they had two explosive plays dropped two 15 plus yard receptions dropped and they had to they they had to punt um which was coming off a San Francisco touchdown so that part yes but in terms of like the going for it part I don't know if it was the lights were too bright I just think it was the wrong time to do it I think I, it's what Detroit's as, done as all far year, as the going the for it, it. That, that's a bonehead move yeah, from Dan Campbell dumb. sorry it's, dumb. it's just that's you you don't do that you don't do it in the championship game you want to do it in the middle of the season because you're rolling the dice fine do it in a championship game, where the points are a premium, you don't leave them sitting out there. I don't care. It's like you said. It's not the sexy thing, but it's the smart thing. Yeah. Don't give me analytics. Don't give me a 90% chance you can get it. I don't care. Can the guy put it through the uprights and put points on the board and we kick off to them and play defense? If if, if the answer is yes, then you, that's what you do. Yep. Yep. No and question. I just, I just can't imagine I, I an NFL kicker in a conference championship game, sometimes they don't hit from within 50. We've seen that in this postseason. But you've got to trust your guy to do that. And again... That's why you pay him. Yeah. And... Yeah. I just... I don't understand. There was just so much more that could go wrong from it, I think, than what could go right in that scenario. Personally. Um, And going into this game which was a point I really should have brought up last week, but I think the reason I was confident in Detroit was San Francisco showed us more vulnerability in, mm-hmm. the, in the game against the Packers than, the, than Detroit had in either of those two games. Detroit's games were close, but I, I, there wasn't anything in those games where I was like, boy, they can, you can really get after them here. Whereas the Packers absolutely exploited some things from the 49ers, and Detroit did it again in the first half. But the skill that they have and the coaching, obviously, that they have. It was an eruption in the second half that I guess we can't be too surprised about because of the skill, but to blow a 17-point lead at halftime of a conference championship game, that's an all-timer. That's a that's a set-your-franchise-back kind of loss. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's not the case, but, I mean, Atlanta, only 25-point lead in the Super Bowl, that, team, never that, that team had a lot of talent. They ain't come back. They've never recovered from uh, How that. great was that Jaguars defense the year they made the conference mm-hmm. championship game? Blew, blew a 10-point lead in the last nine minutes. They've never came back. 12 the next season. I mean, this stuff happened. Uh, the Vikings, when they lost to Philadelphia, how good a team they had. They slowly died on the vine. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's not the case for Detroit, but this kind of game is exactly what it becomes. Exactly what it becomes. This it weighs on you. Yeah. And it's too bad, but... Um, that sets us up for 
everyone's favorite Super Bowl matchup of the Chiefs and the 49ers. Like I said in the first it, segment, it, though, I do think these are the two best teams. I do, too. But if you were to had your rathers at the first of the season, take your Patriots out of it, sure. would these be the two teams that you said, boy, this this could be fun? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there that would have – I think a lot of people would have said, yeah, we want to see Pat Mahomes get back to the Super Bowl just to see if he can do it. But I don't think that the matchup that you were looking at for the Chiefs, I I don't think – the 49ers would have been on anybody's radar or anybody would have said, yeah, I want to see the Chiefs and the 49ers <laughs> in Vegas. I don't think anybody would have said that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not being it. ugly to the 49ers. I'm just saying, I, I just, that's not the, that's not the matchup that really we lights it up them. for everybody, yeah, right? Yeah, we don't want them. <laughs> like, we, did, we didn't want that. We would have taken... Either one of those teams, you know, Kansas City or San Francisco, and sub them out, even if it just had to be one, right? Mm-hmm. It makes it easier for America to root. But, yeah, I mean, these are the two best teams, I think. And if you made me pick someone before the season, this probably would have been what I said. Because I would have been like, I don't know about the AFC, but I know about Patrick Mahomes. And San Francisco, or NFC, I'm trying to think of who else I would have had at the, at the beginning of the season. Not the Cowboys. That means they would have made the conference championship game. So well, uh, <laughs> I won't believe that till I see it. Um, so yeah, I mean these these two teams are stacked, and uh, and on again on paper it's the two best teams. But the more I think about this, just the more I, I I'm more impressed by Kansas City than I have been on the San Francisco run. You know, I I certainly am. I think Kansas City, and I don't know when it happened. And Aaron, you might could help, but they certainly flipped a switch. Yeah. And was it the last week of the regular season, or was it the first week of the playoffs? Something happened with this football team, and the lights came on. Because look, they weren't playing great. No, they heading lost into the end games of the season. In, row in, in December, they had lost some games. I think that's mm-hmm. when they lost to Buffalo, um, and they had lost to the Eagles. That you know, good teams, obviously, but. Um, but they had hit a skid, and maybe it is as simple as just the lights came on. I know there was a golden retriever who did a number two on their field on Christmas night. Maybe that was it. They're undefeated since then, but um, it could just be a case Conspiracy of, theory. hey, we're, this, is, this is where our season starts. We're in the playoffs. You hear about it in other leagues, specifically the NBA, of teams that don't really care about their seeding because they know in the playoffs that it's they've got the animal, best players right? and they're, they're the most experienced and they're going to win. And maybe Kansas City played a little bit of that. Like, we're going to get in, obviously, because we're going to win this division, obviously. Like, we're going to get a home game. And this is just, they. we know we're better than these teams. We've got the better players. We've been there and done that. And we're, we're going to let them do their, you know, America save us, Lamar Jackson stuff. We're going to let Buffalo be, you know, the, the underdog and all that. We, we don't care if we're the hunted um, because... They seemed the great teams do this. They've kept that underdog mentality, even though they are not the underdog. Yeah, how, how, did, how they're not. And you and I talked about this on Friday. Kansas City going into Baltimore as the underdog just made me giggle. It's hilarious because I'm thinking, <laughs> how could you? I don't care if it's in Baltimore. I don't care if it's on Mars. I'm taking Pat Mahomes. 
it's one of those things. They they feel like they can't make a home team in the conference championship an underdog, I I guess, which whatever, I get to a certain extent, but I just I didn't really have any doubts in that game. And I think and that's not to say Baltimore's not a good team. That's the thing. Baltimore was the best team in the regular season in the AFC. They mm-hmm. they they went out there and they did it. By the way, they they curb stomped San Francisco uh on Christmas. So Christmas Eve. So it's not like, you know, they, they were fluky and just beat a bunch of bad teams and bullied them. Um Yeah, they're not the Cowboys. No. No, not that. But even with the good defense they had, I was like, I just think Kansas City matches up better with Baltimore. Maybe even better than they did with Buffalo. And it, it got it got Baltimore completely out of their offense, which I think has to start with that opening drive. Kansas City goes right down the field. They convert more third downs on that first drive than they did all of the game against Buffalo. Uh, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey have a couple of crazy hookups. And they go right down the field for the eighth straight playoff game that they score on the opening drive. That's insane, by the way. Only ties a record, which is more incredible. And I think that put Baltimore on the back foot right away, which it probably shouldn't have. Um, I think Baltimore scored on that next drive, but they just, they were never, it just never felt like they were comfortable. They were Mm -hmm. never playing the game that we saw them play for 18 games this season. Well, and and again, we talked about this in the in the first segment. Steve Spagnolia, what he drew up for the Ravens was just absolutely perfect. Perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better game plan. Forced a disaster class, in my opinion, uh, from Jeff Munkin. Mm-hmm. Just eight times they handed it off, like just did a straight handoff. That's can't do that. Not not when that's your identity. Not when that's what brought you all the success. And, you know, if they were down 14 or 17 nothing, that's one thing. But it was 7 nothing, and then 7-7. And then 14-7. Like, this game was not out of reach. Even in the fourth quarter, it wasn't out of reach. You had two red zone turnovers in the fourth quarter and lost the game by seven points. Like, if they just hadn't overthought things... That's why I was like, I want Jeff Munkin on the podium after this game. Mm-hmm. Is it Jeff or Todd? Am I getting this wrong? I don't remember. One's the head coach at Army. Um, but what, like, they just, we said this with the Cowboys defensively against Green Bay. They were like, that's not the team we watched. Why, why overthink this all of a sudden in the biggest game of the season? That's just what Baltimore did offensively. And yeah, credit Kansas City's defense. In some ways, they forced them into that. But you had it. I mean, Spags. Drew up the the perfect game plan against this team, which we really hadn't seen anyone do all year long. I mean, there were how many games did they only score ten points? You know, not very not many. many. Not when you have the MVP at quarterback. But yeah, I mean, you got to question his decision making, especially on that last drive. It's just the greatest of quarterbacks lift their teams up when the things aren't going their way, when the defense has a good game plan, when the offensive coordinator maybe doesn't. When it comes down to those two-minute drills, the greatest ones overcome that. And maybe it's unfair, but Lamar Jackson has not done that. Not at all. Hasn't. Yeah, his adversary has quite a lot. How big was it, and we'll stay with this game, but how big was it that combination with Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey? It's just... 
Yeah. It, the best in the league. It, it looked so easy for those two yesterday. And and it wasn't. I mean, made some great throws and some great catches, but they even put them in that position. They still made it look halfway easy, like they were in the sandlot just taking care of kids. Right, right. I, I don't think you can point to many of those throws and been like, wow, no one else can make that throw. And Patrick Mahomes does have that ability, don't get me wrong, but they, they just couldn't, they couldn't cover him. He was open. He was open all the time. And that crazy stat of, um, who was it for Baltimore? Um, Hamilton, who had allowed He's less not than allowed 60 yards to a against the tight end the whole season. <laughs> Bang, first drive, back shoulder throw, touchdown. Easy. Like one-on-one with a matchup nightmare. And you think, boy, how, how come no other team did that <laughs> against him in the, in the regular season? Um, exposed them. Absolutely exposed them. Um, and it, they are just a cut above the rest of the tandems in the league. Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, obviously they're both first ballot Hall of Famers, so that, that makes sense. But they right now, nobody has the answer for it. And if that's going to be the biggest test of this San Francisco defense, which has been the arguably the best defense, if not right there in the NFL the last three or four years, here's your chance to prove it. If you could cover 87 and make someone else beat you the way Tampa did against them in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, by the way, when they still had Tyreek Hill, then best of luck. All the power to you. Mm-hmm. I- Try and beat us if you can't hook up with 87. But nobody's been able to stop it. No, they haven't. And it's it's amazing, again, how that changed as we got into the last three games. Yeah. Because it did. They woke There's, up. There's just no doubt. It, it it's, it's a different-looking, laser-focused football team on both sides of the ball. And Kelsey now more playoff receptions than Jerry Rice. Can you believe that? Does that even make sense? It's wild. What's more wild is who was second before that was a guy who never made the Pro Bowl and Julian Edelman. Um, anytime, I know it's cliche and announcers say it all the time, but anytime you're passing Jerry Rice on a list, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That's not a bad place um, to be. And it's not like, it's not like, well, they compare it with baseball when you had, you know, seven postseason games for 100 or whatever, 60, 70 years. Like, Jerry Rice also played the same amount of rounds of football as Travis Kelsey did. So that that does show you how apples to apples it can be. And they both had great quarterbacks. They both played in one Super Bowl. So um, that shows you how exclusive this kind of talent is. Both of them, truly. A lot of fun. We'll get back to some more football a little bit later on. But coming up next, she's back. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. 
Patients everywhere are experiencing joint pain relief thanks to QC Kinetics regenerative treatments. So how does this non-surgical approach work? QC Kinetics Medical Director Dr. Aaron Wolkoff explains. It's like when you get a paper cut and the cells that come onto that scene first stop the bleeding and then it recruits more cells to form new skin and new soft tissue. And then you look down a week later, two weeks later, and it's like nothing happened and that paper cut never existed. In this same way, QC Kinetics uses your natural biologics to help repair and restore aching knees, hips, shoulders, and backs. We take those same similar cells in different areas that are arthritic, are painful, and we cause this kind of internal self-healing that can resolve patients' pain. Relief without surgery. See if you're a candidate for QC Kinetics regenerative treatments. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Your home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN, Central Texas. King of the road. Raise your hand if you're a Secretariat fan. At UBO Business Services, Secretariat is our inspiration. Secretariat gave his finest performance in the 1973 Belmont Stakes. He completed the race in a record 2 minutes, 24 seconds, winning by a record 31 lengths. This is our inspiration. Our goal is to outpace our competitors by providing an unrivaled customer experience. Reach out to UBO Business Services by calling Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Time now for Stephanie Sports Talk. A look at sports through the eyes of Stephanie. As only she could do with the Googles. Presented by Advanced Leveling House and Foundation Repair. Epperson Tractor. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina. Mosby's Land Management. Stiefel Investments. Volkswagen of Waco. She's back. Ta-da. <laughs> Where's my backup, Cam? Ta-da! <laughs> We're going to take this show on the road. Yes, please. I'm telling you. Please take it on the road. Oh, man. <laughs> Before I get into my fun facts of the day, yes. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Scott's brother, John. Mm-hmm. 
And our niece, Gracie, who's visiting in town all the way from the East Coast, Virginia. Ooh, nice. Don't worry, they are not Commander fans, oh, which good. is good. Good. Yeah. Are they Cowboy fans? That might be worse. I don't Don probably is. I don't know. Well, enjoy the weather, by the way. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Yeah. Think January going to be in the 70s tomorrow? <laughs> Welcome to Texas, yeah. right? This is ridiculous. Why? The you weather? Know, or the sports talk. Florida and California, they're so expensive in the winter. Just Ugh. come down to Waco. Yeah. We'll give you the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. All right. 67 degrees right now with a high of 71 today. I have to go put my sweaters. shorts on. I know. Awesome, it? doing? And it's the last week of January. Couldn't be happier. Something wrong with you. We had our freeze. Got no, rid of the bugs. no, we haven't. It's like we've had no, it. No, we, we had haven't. Our freeze, got rid we're of the done. bugs, and now it's time for spring. No, no, spring has no. We, uh, we're probably gonna have because I need seasons. I read that farmers thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever that tells you how it's farmers what's it called. Almanac. Yeah, that yeah. thing. And it says we're supposed to have a wet, cold winter, and we could possibly have wintry-like weather, like what? February, March. I don't know if that thing's true or not, but. We there there will be some. February I think weather. we'll have some bad weather, sure, but it's gonna get cold again. Yeah, it, there's no doubt. It's all right. We can all just stay in the studio and spend the night, so we can do our show. I've done that before. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> no fun. All right, everyone's gearing up for the Super Bowl, right? Two weeks away. I know. So yep. let me tell you this: if you want to go, you can still get a ticket in the nosebleeds for eighty nine hundred dollars. Oh, okay. If you want a really good ticket, it's ninety thousand. $90,000. Nope. Not I don't even that. think I could sell a kidney for $90,000. No, you couldn't. I mean, that's like where all the bougie rich people go. I mean, I'm bougie. Grand. That's a different kind of bougie. I know. It ain't, grand, it ain't even in my bougie cycle box thing. Anyways, yeah. Okay, that does get this. Stink, though, man. I mean, $90,000. Who wants like, to spend $90,000? Imagine, imagine if it was the Lions. Once in a lifetime. But unless you are stupid rich, you can, you cannot you can't go. Ten grand a ticket plus plus the travel and accommodations at the Super Bowl. I know, but here's the thing. I know it's Vegas, but the Super Bowl. I like know, but even if I was stupid rich, I am not spending ninety thousand dollars to go to a Super Bowl when I could just sit at home on my couch on my big screen and watch it. And plus, all Football those people would get on TV my nerves. Anyway. I know people. All those people. Ugh. Yeah, imagine Super, you just Super got like Bowl an annoying is, guy next to you. Super Bowl you is outstanding to go to. <laughs> I bet it is. Some, like that, some body that paint suck? guy. Or like some six, seven <laughs> guy body in front of you guy, won't sit yeah. down. Like, Let's go. When you pay Let's 90 go. grand. No. Oh, face paint guy. All right, moving on. So I checked out the Raider Stadium. And big. in the stadium, right, I was checking oh, out. Allegiant Stadium. That one. I can't say the name. It's too big. It's too big for my <laughs> vocabulary. For your what? My vocabulary. What? Why are you laughing at me? Close enough. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Look, am I laughing? I'm, no. I'm not laughing. I am. <laughs> All right. So the stadium <laughs> has 22,000 square feet across, or I guess it's a circle, um, feet of concessions. And they have bars everywhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- I think they have slot machines there, too. They probably do. But they are ranked number four best NFL stadiums for the best food and the best environment in all NFL stadiums. So there you go. The average beer is about $12. Average hot dog is about $5. And average pizza is about 13 I guess that's like a slice. I'm not sure. I'm now. give you one of those personal size. Okay. 
I would hope so. 13. Yeah. Hot dog only that, being five. I bet that's one of the personal pans. I yeah, I heard the five dollar so. hot dog. I was like, okay, that's that's better I hope than that's a lot of places. A big hot dog. Five dollars for a hot dog? That's not a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah, I can go to Walmart and buy a whole pack for five dollars. You're, you're not going to Walmart to get one. You're going to the Super Bowl to get one. Well, and you have no other Bowl. option. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 try right. to bring if, in your own. If you cool. go to the ballpark in Arlington, you're gonna pay five bucks for a hot dog unless it's Wednesday night. Oh. Okay. Well, we need to go on a Wednesday night then. What is it, a dollar a dog? Dollar dog night. Um, Wednesday Love night, that. road trip. Okay, here we go. I've said these before. Last year when I was covering the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but the numbers have gone up. And why do you think that is? Because of Swifties, I guess. That's what they say. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, and I don't want to make Aaron mad. So we're going <laughs> to... What does that mean? You don't no, like, all, you Aaron, don't like Aaron the Swifties. Was def- Aaron was defending... <laughs> Taylor Swift out of the break here. Oh, I so missed it. I'd rather Ward see her than I, another stupid commercial with like Shaq or Snoop Dogg. <laughs> she's actually shown less than either of those guys. I'm just, I have gotten to the point where I'm annoyed at how much we see Taylor Swift. Oh, good for it's, her. It's not her fault. It's, it's not, not Travis Kelsey's even, fault. It's just the camera people. I know. Like, she doesn't, she's it. even said, I don't even want the cameras on right, me. And she's clearly I want not my even, privacy. She's not she trying. knows they're going to be, but she isn't. She's like in the back, you know. She's celebrating when they score a touchdown. Like, people are getting angry just to see her dancing. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. But Yeah, that is stupid. Like, getting mad at her. Because if the I'm camera like, was on me, y'all know how I would act. Yes, we do. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think we do. <laughs> all right, here we go. The top five foods. Numbers have gone up. Of course, we all know the number one food. Now, is this at, at the Super Bowl? No, this, okay, now, this isn't Super at Bowl the Super Bowl parties. This is at Super Bowl parties all around oh, the world. Okay. okay. Well, not the world, but the United States. Okay. Anybody who's having a party. Okay. Well, they have them around the world. Well, I don't know. I don't live over in it the is, other parts of the world. The Super Bowl is the most watched, watched game worldwide event. Even over the World Cup? Yes. Okay. Well, I watched it in England one year. That place was packed, man. Okay, that show place. off. All right, here we go. That <laughs> <laughs> okay. one, of course, is chicken wings, all right? It has gone up. Last year was like uh, close to a billion. This year, they're saying 1.4 billion wings will be eaten and over $2.7 billion will be spent on chicken wings. Okay. And you know how I think about that. Where do they get all these chickens? Mm-hmm. Turkeys. No, they don't have chickens in Turkey. <laughs> they have turkeys in Turkey. <laughs> We've already had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number two, chips and queso. Right. 14,500 tons of chips will be eaten. Who weighs all this stuff? People. Okay. People who do these survey things. All right. Okay. 8.8 million. I think somebody's throwing numbers at a dartboard. No, I looked at the Googles. (laughs) Well, then that's true. It's true. Okay. 8.8 million pounds of cheese will be eaten and over $4.5 million spent. Okay, let's think about that, people. That's a lot of farmers getting milk out of a cow and a goat to make cheese. Isn't that how you make cheese? <laughs> Isn't that how you make cheese? Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah, that's how you make yeah, cheese. All right, number three, cheese. of course, is nachos. It's number four is pizza. Get this. $130 million will be spent on pizza, and 12.5 million pizzas will be eaten. Ew. I almost pizza's had to work good. at a Domino's during a Super Bowl, thank God. Uh, oh, that would have been a nightmare. I quit before it, like, hey, couple weeks before. And the Patriots were in it, too. It would have been terrible. It was I was still in high school, so I was in Massachusetts. Well, we need to give a shout-out to awful. all those pizza makers oh, and pizza yes, delivery people because that's going to be a stressful job on, 
on Super Bowl Sunday. I'll give them a and shout out when they bring me some too. pizza. Okay, so if you're I'll listening. T- as a matter of fact, I'll tip them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Other other statistics are this. Four million pounds of pretzels will be eaten. 3.8 million pounds of popcorn. Never in my life have I gone to a Super Bowl party and eaten popcorn. Oh, I have. I haven't. Absolutely have. All right. 2.5 million pounds of nuts. That I can see. Peanuts, nut trail mix, all that. Mm-hmm. 325 million gallons of beer will be consumed. That is 492 Olympic-sized swimming pools filled with beer. We will spend over $1.3 billion spent in beer. Now, this Not is enough. just in the United States. In the United States. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even bother crossing the ocean. Okay. I might have crashed and burned, so I just kept it here locally. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Super Bowl is one of the biggest drinking days of the year. Over, Especially if you Over lose. New Year's yeah. Eve, okay? Over New Year's Eve? Over New Year's Eve. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't either. I would have guessed New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, and then the Super Bowl. Why would you drink that much on Valentine's Day? Because there's a lot of people out there that... Don't have a Valentine? Yeah. Oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> One in ten workers will call in sick... On After Monday. On Monday, about 26.6 oh, yeah. million people. Oh, yeah, by the people. way, I won't be here Monday. Yes. I won't either. I Let's cancel the show. <laughs> Might be a long COVID, two Aaron, weeks. it's all you. So, in the tw- sniffles. Yeah. 26.26 oh, 26 million people will miss work on Monday following the Super Bowl, and 42% of Americans think that the Monday following the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. I should. think it should. Should. I do, too. It's like opening day for baseball should be a national holiday. Agreed. I totally agree with that. We're finally on the same page of something. That scares me. <laughs> Anyways, those are just a little fun facts for you to take with you throughout your day. I know it's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. Already has. Yeah. I know. But can, I just want to go back to the wings. How do you, <laughs> where do all these chickens come from? Literally. I know there's chickens, like, Around. They're not going out and chasing them and catching them and making chicken wings. Well, they're they're breeding them and baking them or something, making them. Well, yeah, they're putting them under a I know, but I'm just saying, that's a lot of chickens. I, my head can't even hold that many. I can't even cook. That's a lot. Well, it's just like the potato chips. That's a lot of potatoes. Oh, well, or, that's easier to do. How is that easier? You just grow more potatoes. You just grow more, more chickens. chickens. Well, what if the chickens don't Pretty like easy. each other? You, you can't just grow more chickens. The chickens don't care. You get a male That's chicken a lot and of a chickens female because chicken? Chickens only have two wings. Chickens only have two wings. That's a lot of chicken. You're right. You're right. What? What? <laughs> so do your math because you're smart. Oh, One I don't chicken do math. No. has two wings. Me. Yep. And you put two chickens into a billion. What does that make? A lot of chickens. A lot of chickens. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even. So, anyways, that right. that is um. That's your little talk for today. Oh, and today is National Bubble Wrap Day. National Bubble Wrap Day. I don't know what you're gonna do with it, but Probably and it's it. also National Corn Chip Day. Go get you some corn chips. Nice. Corn Chip Day. Yeah. Think of how much corn that is. Think of all the corn chips you see in the store. Wait, there's corn and corn chips? Mm. I thought it was potatoes. What? They're chips. Aren't not chips every made chip, out of potatoes? Not every chip is made out of potato. Your tortilla chips is corn. Oh, yeah. 
You think about that. Uh huh. Anyways, <laughs> happy Monday, guys. Wow. It is. Right. It's been a long weekend. <laughs> Big 12 basketball. You over had a the lot weekend, of football to watch. Yeah. And it was interesting to say the least. We'll get into that next. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women back home in Foster Pavilion Thursday hosting the University of Texas. 7 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. It's a 7.30 tip-off Thursday. Tune into Baylor women's basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. 2024 is here, and it couldn't be a better time to purchase your next new Chevrolet. For an example, Silverado is as much as $10,000 off. Traverse is $5,000 off. And the all-new Equinox, $3,000 off. And we also have the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory folks that we've seen in years. And we don't play any of the games or gimmicks, just honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away at McGregor, or treat you like family. Find new roads. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at CentexSportsFan.com. Wit Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville in Marlin. Wit Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixins. They welcome phone-in orders at their town west or downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Hey, Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale, modern-looking feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine. 
made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine. Open to the public seven days a week, 5 to 10, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy the best. Element Waco Hotel. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuels Studios. Look at Aaron going way back. Little word up. Nice. Kansas City and the 49ers in the Super Bowl in two weeks. Should be a whole lot of fun. Speaking of a whole lot of fun, how about the Big 12 men's basketball? As you saw this weekend, could it have gotten more chaotic, Cam? Look, I I will always leave room for chaos in this conference. I'll say that. Uh, My gut says no, but with this conference, you just never know. Um... We got some dandies, got some more upsets, if you can really call them that at this point. And one of the most entertaining basketball games I've ever been to personally, a triple overtime one here Mm -hmm. on Saturday. That was incredible. Yeah, and a great crowd on hand. It was a whole lot of fun to be there and, and not the outcome that Scott Drew or the Bears wanted with TCU getting the 105 102 win. But you got to hand it to TCU too. Because of the fact the Bears were up 10 points twice in this basketball game, Mm -hmm. and somehow TCU found a way to get back into it and claw their way into not only one, but two, but three overtimes. And probably should have been a fourth overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Baylor missed a point-blank shot. Mm -hmm. And Baylor had so many opportunities to win this game that I think is what takes a lot of the attention. But I was tracking in that second half kind of the last 12 minutes of how this was, was going to go because Baylor is wilted in, these, in this part of the game uh, in other games this season, especially against Texas the game before. Under 12 timeout, media timeout, they were up 10. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Let's see where it's at at the under 8. It's still at 8. So I'm like, okay, you lost that media timeout, but it's not the end of the world. You're up 8. But you need to win this one. You got this is what the good teams, the great teams do. They push. Baylor called the timeout two and a half minutes after that. They were up one point. And I just said, this is it's happening again. And they got more field goals. They they had a better offense. But I think TCU won that game in the weight room beforehand. Because down the stretch, they were just backing Baylor down. I mean, Baylor played darn good defense for a good portion of that game. Not enough of the game, <laughs> right? But a good portion of it, and then it, that's the thing. It's not like TCU just got hot from three. They had a couple. Well, they had a couple BS bank shots in there for sure. But for the most part, they were backing guys down, getting layups. Backing guys, backing guys down, getting a layup, missing a shot, offensive rebound, layup. Like they just got too many good looks at the basket. When Baylor was up ten, it was like sixty-two, fifty-two, or somewhere like that, deep into the second half. And we go to overtime tied at 76. I think that that's what really shows Baylor's ineffectiveness defensively down the stretch. And something Scott Drew said after the game, you know, someone asked him about his team's execution, and he was like, well, 
Uh, it's a game played on both sides. You know, basically against UT, we didn't have the offense down the stretch. Today, we didn't have the defense down the stretch, and you've got to have both. And Baylor's really still struggling to find that right now. Um, but certainly, excitement factor was there. That Jacoby yeah, Walter no three to end the first overtime was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there were there were some bad calls. I, I'm never a guy that likes to blame the ref unless it's absolutely crucial to the outcome of the game. Um, Baylor should have gotten the ball back. I think in the end of that third overtime, I think that was an offensive that foul. Was a, that was and that was a crucial out of bounds on TCU too. Yes, yes. Was it a that flop? they reviewed and still gave the ball to TCU? And there's no way that a yellow jersey touched that basketball. No way. No way. So, yeah, two missed calls towards the end of that. Um, and specifically on that offensive foul and with the 2.4 seconds left, I heard a lot that there's a flop. And to be honest, there was. There was some selling there, but there was also contact. I thought that should have been a foul call, and Baylor should have had the ball back. Down one, by the way, instead of down three when they had to heave it. Down one with 2.4 seconds left. Uh and they didn't get it. But honestly, I, I did feel like this game was lost in regulation. It was exciting. I didn't think they, I thought they had a chance to win in the overtimes. But overall, I, I think this game fell out of Baylor's hands in regulation. And they just, they never really got it back. I don't know why Jameer Nelson isn't starting for TCU. He put up 30. I know it took three overtimes, but he had like 22 in regulation. The man mm-hmm. was their best shot maker. I thought their best offensive player. But three straight losses for the Bears, man. I know they're still in the rankings. They only moved down to 18 today. But right now, you look at Baylor, they've got one signature win. Yeah, and this is the time of year you got to make your hay. Yeah. I mean, they were. I, I, I was researching TCU and Texas for the last two matchups, and both, both things I came across in researching them being on skids going into their games against Baylor were they needed signature wins to be, like, to talk tournament. Obviously, we knew that with UT. They were on the outside looking in. Now they're obviously back in. TCU was the same way. Even even TCU fan blogs were saying, you know, we've got to get a big win here or or we're really teetering on not making the tournament in, in January. <laughs> and I look at Baylor and I'm like, well, yeah, they've got, the, they've got the number beside their name, but where are their signature wins? BYU, that's a good one. It's at home. It's not a great one. It's a good one. Um, Seton Hall, which got into the rankings after you played them, sure. And they've got some quad ones because they have a couple Big 12 wins, but they need to start beating some decent teams here, Ward. I mean, we're, right. we're not at that discussion yet about missing the tournament, but we're really not that far away. In fact, if they lose to UCF, that conversation is not crazy. I don't think it'll happen. I think it will make the tournament. I really do because I think they'll turn this around, but we're starting to get into a danger zone of uh, they need to turn it around right now, even with the time remaining. And if they don't, then something that we've talked about before is the Big 12 tournament really doesn't mean anything. Let's go out, play, win, lose, get our legs underneath us, rest, get ready for the tournament. If they don't get this going in the right direction, that Big 12 tournament, all of a sudden, which has been kind of a, eh, becomes, uh-oh, we got to go out and win this we, thing. Yeah. We got to win or this win thing. Games. Or, or, we, or we're going to be in a bad spot going into the tournament. Yeah. And the blessing and, and the curse. And that's not where you want to be. The blessing and the curse of this conference is what I look at for the next five games on Baylor's schedule. Okay? Because 
The curse is they're against really good teams. The blessing is this can get you right back in the hunt, even, even crazily enough, even in the conference championship hunt again if you win a couple of these. I think that's a little far-fetched, but it could absolutely do it. So your next game is at UCF, mm-hmm. which we know. That, that is no gimme. UCF at home wouldn't even be a gimme, no. to be honest with you. And then you've got some home games, but they're against Iowa State, who's number 12, and just beat Kansas, and you just lost to them three times last year. Uh, at home against Tech, which right now is, is the, the hottest team, team in the, the league. Conference. They are the best team right now and had another great win on Saturday. And then you're at Allen Fieldhouse to play Kansas and then back at home, but facing Oklahoma. They always Which talk is the about, second hottest team in the league right, right now. Sure. And, and they always talk about kind of the cliche thing, but you got to defend your home court in this conference. And that's what Baylor has to be thinking about here. Of course, you want to go into Allen Fieldhouse and win, but very few teams do that. And of course, you need to win the next game against UCF. But that Iowa State, Tech, Oklahoma, if, if you can win all three of those games, which I know is a tall task, but if you could win all three of those games, bang. I mean, you're obviously a no-doubter for the tournament. Um, you are in the top 15, if not the top 10 in the country. And you even have some of those Big 12 championship aspirations back. It's a long road, but the three teams that have been winning more than Kansas would be the three that you would have beaten in that stretch. So, blessing and a curse for it, but there are still some things that this team needs to figure out. I wish I wasn't saying that at Jan- on January 29th, but thankfully there is still time left in this season for them to hopefully play their best basketball. Hopefully they haven't played it yet. Against TCU, one of the things I noticed sitting there was, you know, you start off with the early three-pointer and that gets the crowd into it. But then you continue to heave it up outside and all of a sudden you start working it inside. And the inside game was absolutely working. Gorgeous. And just exactly what they needed to do. Gave them the opportunity. And then there in the late in the ball game, they got away from it again. They yep. quit going inside. I don't understand. I'm, I know the defense dictates what you do a lot of times, but I thought there was some futile shots on from the outside when you could have still worked the ball inside because you were owning them in the paint for a while. Just absolutely owning them in the paint. And you got away from that, and your three-point shooting was not that great anyway. No, and they, they couldn't they couldn't cover Eve Misi. They couldn't cover him. No. Absolutely couldn't live with him. And – so when I see that, because I see this too, and there are times, not as much clearly anymore, where they get hot from three. And so I see that, and I just think, why can't this team do a little bit of both in one game? Or a little bit of both in one half? Like, there's clearly versatility on this team. They just seem to get bogged down in things, offensively especially, where, you know, you're dominating them in the paint, and you build a 10 or 12-point lead, and then sure, you, you've got some open kickouts for open... Th- or good kickouts for open threes. Okay, you could do a little bit of both in there. And where really frustrated me is, and it's frustrated me all season long, and even last year as well, Baylor is no longer a team that you fear coming out of a timeout when they have the ball. They were always the best at that. They, that when they had a chance at the clipboard, at the drawing board, they could draw up a play better than anybody in America, even when they weren't the most elite team. You haven't had that the last season and a half since Jerome Tang left, and it reared its ugly head once again at the end of that second overtime. Baylor had the ball out of a timeout with 18 seconds left. That's an eternity, especially in a game like this. That's an eternity, and you're like, this is brilliant. 
one guy touched the ball. Ray J. Dennis was the only guy that touched the ball. God love him, man. He got he got loose with the ball at the end. He was so tired. He played 50-some-odd minutes. I thought he left it all out there. And it's just him waiting for some screens at the top of the key. And Scott Drew said after the game, it was some, some ball screen action that had been working for them all game. And TCU just shut off the paint. And he had to fade away, foot on the three-point line shot at the buzzer that didn't go in. And it was almost the lowest percentage shot you could have had of anyone on the floor. And it just ends up looking terrible. And I just don't, I, I don't get why they couldn't have drawn something up with some, with some more action, with some more cutters, with something to confuse the defense. Because I know that ball, action's been, ball screen action had been working, but they had seen it at that point for 49 and a half straight minutes of basketball. I, it was just bizarre to me, and it was, I thought, the worst look that Baylor had in the game, that they had a chance to win it right there. Um, I know guys were tired, but so were theirs, and you had one guy touch the ball. To me, that's just not good enough. Baylor loses on their home floor, 105-102 to in triple overtime, and they'll be back at it coming up on Wednesday night down in Orlando. We'll take the break. When we come back to the press, Scott, press box, <laughs> when we come back to the press box, we will talk a little bit more Big 12. Who is the team to fear in this conference? Is there one? That's next. Come join us live from Rudy's this Thursday for the Baylor Coaches Show. Join us Thursday and hear from softball head coach Glenn Moore and men's tennis coach Michael Woodson. That's Thursday from Rudy's. The Baylor Coaches Show. This Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. It's with John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. ESPN Central Texas. Are you sick and tired of those achy joints? Dread the idea of surgery. You need to call QC Kinetics today. It is Matt Mosley. I know what it's like to have neck pain. The state of healthcare is always changing. The old ideas like steroids and surgery are no longer your only options. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics is transforming lives with innovative, non-surgical, drug-free treatments that deliver lasting results. It's a revolutionary approach that can get you long-term relief with no downtime. Make 2024 the year you reclaim your mobility. Reclaim your independence. Walk and run and play and live without the danger and trauma of surgery and without harmful drugs. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100. Every day, InCommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, InCommons Bank offers modern-day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal House. Lender. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now
now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch, like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch. La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. The savings continue with the Start Something New sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Right now, get a 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie Crew Cab four-wheel drive with 15000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. Or a 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab four-wheel drive with 12000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months, plus a special discount for first responders only at Allen Samuels. Come by. Let's be friends. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville in Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection of metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Happy Monday. As we get closer to the end of January 2024. That was a fast month. Yeah. <laughs> it was really a fast one. It month. flew by, yeah. Wait yeah. till this next one. It's yes. barely over four weeks. Mm-hmm. How about that? We were talking Big 12 uh, basketball. And let's just go over some scores over the weekend because, again, I think this is more the norm than you just look at it and go, I don't think you can look at any game in the Big 12 right now and Cam go, oh, wow. What? Yeah. What just Did happened? Surprise you at that point? I, I don't think I get surprised anymore. Yeah. Houston gets the win over Kansas State, seventy-four to fifty-two. Iowa State upsets Kansas, seventy-nine, seventy-five. Texas Tech upsets Oklahoma, eighty-five to eighty-four. BYU gets the win over Texas, eighty-four to seventy-two, and we'll get into a little bit of that here in a minute as well because some absolute ridiculousness going on at that game. Oklahoma State finally gets a win in the Big 12 over Ooh. West Virginia, 70-66. to 66. 
at Cincinnati. Well, they take down UCF, who's been playing pretty well, yeah. 68-57. Again, I look at all these games and go, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? right. I was a little surprised at how bad Kansas State got beat, but Houston's capable of that. Yes, they They're going to hold you under 60 points, first they, off. They can embarrass you. Yeah. They can embarrass good teams. Yeah. On a night when it's going for them offensively, that that's that's what can happen to you. And that was, to me, kind of a measuring stick for Kansas State, who had beaten Baylor. Um, and we'll see, like, oh, okay, this was a terrible shooting night from Baylor. Is Kansas State really that good? No. No. You still lost to them, and you shouldn't have. But that that's the only one that... A little bit surprised me. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, all kind of par for the course. Good for Oklahoma State, man. They, they must have been circling that one. They needed that. Of, hey, we're gonna beat. We're gonna beat this team. That we're playing them at home, and then West Virginia starts beating Texas and Kansas, and Oklahoma State's like, oh boy, there's our conference win. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And they pull through and get it. Brandon Garrison's been such a bright spot for them, and. He, he led them in scoring with 20 points for what has been just a really disappointing season. I think jury's still out on who of those two teams is better. I agree. You know, maybe teams are losing to West Virginia because they're really undermining them a little bit. Or maybe they're... Or maybe they're just kind of better than Oklahoma State. Yeah. And had a bad day. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you can look at West Virginia the same way we've looked at West Virginia in the past because... Bob Huggins is not there. Right. And you just don't – when he was there, you knew what to expect out of West Virginia. hmm And you knew you were going to get it night in and night out. I don't think it's this – I just don't think you can look at him and go, yeah, that's who they are. Because especially since towards the end of, of Huggins, the quality wasn't there, the talent wasn't there that was there six, seven, eight years ago. But to your point – at Hall of Fame coach, mm-hmm. first off, and they, you always knew to use the Nolan Richardson term, it was going to be forty minutes of hell to play these guys. They right. were going to press you. They were going to be in your shirt all night. You knew what to expect, and it's really a tough thing to beat, even when you know what to expect. And so, even when the talent dipped off, they still had that intensity. They still had that game plan. And now, you don't really have either of those. Um, so credit to them just for even putting some Big 12 wins together. I mean, anything over zero is more than I really, like genuinely, was more than I could have expected for them. I agree. BYU gets the win over Texas. That's not the biggest story at BYU. I'm so tired of the soft attitude we have toward everything. BYU students in the student section had white shirts on with the words horns down on it in blue. And for some reason, they're asked to remove those shirts because, oh, my goodness, we can't say or show horns down or guns down. or I mean, why is that such a touchy, soft subject? I don't get it. If you're that soft, get out of the business. Yeah, I've just, I've never understood it. And I don't think there's any other university, and maybe I'm wrong, that takes it, 
that takes banter as seriously as the University of Texas does. Now, in this particular example, BYU, uh, uh, I guess BYU's coach had instructed people to tell them to tell the kids to take the shirts off. That said, when Rodney Terry makes the stink that he made about it two weeks ago, absolutely that plays into things. Absolutely. Like, uh, both of those things can be true. Uh, and after the game, uh, or BYU's coach is saying, yeah, without being asked, by the way, he just tells the media, yeah, we, we told them to take it off. That's not what we do here. That's that's not BYU. And I'm thinking, like, that's a this is terrible. Thing. Like, this is just terrible. These kids, these 19-year-old kids who are so into this, into their school, their basketball team, the athletics program, they, they probably lined up at 6 a.m. to be the first ones down there. They had spent their time making these T-shirts to support their team, these 19, 20-year-old kids. And then, you know, not only are they fodder for the media, whatever, that's fine. That's kind of funny. They can, they're kind of the martyrs, so to speak. But then their coach talks about, you know, basically saying they don't have, like, morals or ethics. That's not what we do here. God, how is the weather when, on your high horse, man? Come on. These when kids, does that have to do ugh. anything with morals? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Why, why are we making it this moral thing? I don't know. Yeah, you're conceding that it's something terribly wrong to do the horns down, Stupid. which is not. That's the whole, and I get that that's your underlying point. And yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's and that's what I mean. Both y'all's, like and it's a great point, and it can't be made enough. When you tell the kids, no, we don't do that here, you're implying that making the horns down is some egregious offense, and it's not. It's not. It's a dumb, you, you, it's a dumb hand like signal garbage now. in response to another dumb hand signal. Do you, do you ever hear any Aggie fans or any Aggies anytime somebody puts thumbs down when no, the Aggie? No. Have not. they ever complained one time? No. I've never heard it. I've never, no. never heard it. Or somebody tells an Aggie joke. They don't. Oh, that's that's offensive. Don't don't say that about the Texas A&M. I mean, Stupid. it's only the Longhorns that are throwing a fit about this. Look, and I've always said going back, way back, if you don't like somebody doing horns down on you, don't let them beat your butt. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Make it to where they can't do horns down. Right. I mean, if, if that's what it is, you don't want to see that, then – Go out and win. And it, it, there's such a simple way to react to this as Texas fans, by the way, of which I'm not. But, like, all you got to think is, like, oh, really? That's the best you can come up with? Horns down? Okay. <laughs> and you just move on. Like, that's that's it. Instead, we're, like, chastising these kids, like, who feel awful now for doing something completely inoffensive. You know? It's not offensive at all. It's stupid. Like, it's it's just sports, man. Like, it's it's not that deep, you know? They're not, like, it would be more offensive. And, by the way, I don't even think this is that big a problem either. If they were making fun of, like, the Chris Beard situation. Yeah. That's, that's a different thing. That's a real-life thing. Whatever. This is literally a hand signal going in the opposite direction of the way you do it. It's, it's like, what are we doing? And that's to UT and, in this case, to BYU. What are we doing? Do you think that the Big 12 coming out and making it a penalty and making it such a big deal made this thing even larger than it should be? Did, did that have anything to do with it? And I, for me, I think, yes. 
I, I think it did. I think that everybody's now walking on eggshells because the Big 12 said, hey, this is not right. We're not going to let you do this to one of our team. Just wait till you get to the SEC. The SEC is not going to make it a penalty for Horns Down. I no. can promise you that. So get ready for a big helping of it. Yeah. Yeah, just just get ready for it. Because, yeah, I think there were some people, even UT fans, who probably just didn't think much of it. And they're like, oh, that's a penalty. Well, then, yeah, then that is offensive. Yeah, you can't do that. That That's stupid. No, no. And, like, it just kind of set off this chain reaction, which, by the way, I know this was years ago, but why is it even a penalty? It shouldn't like, be. There's nothing, there's nothing obscene about it. It's, I'm just, I'm, this is the part fundamentally that I am lost with. Like, what is offensive about it? It's not the middle finger. It's not that guy from, uh, from Ole Miss who's pretending, you know, lift a leg up like he's a dog taking a pee against Mississippi State. He's not Randy Moss pretending to moon the fans. Like, what are we doing, man? It is just two fingers out. I'm going to do this, Ward. I don't, I don't want you to get too offended here. I know the people on the radio can't see it. I'm going to put my two middle fingers down, right? Middle finger, ring finger down. Put the thumb in with them, which leaves my index finger, my pinky finger pointed out. Are you seeing that? Yeah. This, to me, this doing this right side up is more offensive. And then I'm going to put it down. It, it, the humanity. Oh, my God. Someone just fainted in the hallway <laughs> when they saw that. But this is worse than the Hindenburg. I don't know what to say. It, it, it makes no sense to me. And again, where did we go wrong? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Where did we go wrong to become so soft? Would anyone have even thought of this like 15 years ago? No. They would have laughed. If you would have said, That's offensive, well, you would have got the whole damn crowd doing it on top of you. I just, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of another example. I don't know. Like, don't make fun of Ugga or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, that's not a penalty, and other schools do it. Like, nothing well, happens. Well, there's never been – there's been very few conferences that get toweled to a, a university the way that the Big 12 has to – That's a good point. Has I mean, to just in general. Texas over the last 30 years. Like, I would they, argue nobody has. No, you're, I, I've, I was trying to be a little bit diplomatic. <laughs> but, no, there's, there's, they hadn't even been close to a conference basically doing anything a school wanted like the Big 12 did with Texas. And that this is yeah. included in that. No one else would have gotten this special exemption yeah. where it's a, a flag to do your... <laughs> I mean, it's The only other the thing, thing I could think of would be ridiculous. the two L.A. schools with the Pac-12. But correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, I don't think they've held the conference over a barrel the way Texas has three or four times in the last decades. I mean, since the Longhorn Network... I mean, they have like held the Big 12 over the fire, like, hey, we're going to drop you in. And to Aaron's point, that's exactly right. I mean, they have catered to everything that would coddle UT, and now UT's leaving, thank goodness, mm -hmm. and they don't have to do that anymore, but we're getting the last remnants of it. Boy, they're going out with a bang in terms of being coddled by this conference. <laughs> They really and being are. good at football. Grumpy old fan said something we just mentioned. Surprised horns down isn't getting replaced by a single digit down. And <laughs> the Big 12 Should. is going to start looking like the NCAA over the horns down. Not a bad point. And the SEC will start with horns down from day number one. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm at the Baylor basketball game when they take on Texas, I have, I think, a better chance of getting thrown out for doing a horns down than the one finger salute. Because I've done that at games plenty of times. <laughs> I mean, never gotten thrown out. 
You know, I think I could literally flip them off and be in in less better trouble. shape. Yeah, yeah. I, which is insane. It doesn't make any sense. Thank God, BYU got the win. Yes, and speaking of the horns tonight on Big Monday, it's number four Houston down in Austin taking on the Longhorns, and you think the Cougars might give them a few horns down? <laughs> I think so. I think the horns will be down and out of this one. Look, it's not easy for either team, right, to come off a Saturday Monday. That's that's tough. That's not a lot of time for your body to rest. There's no practice time in there. But you add this element. Houston won by 22 points, and they played at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit and sleep in their own beds. Texas had to play up an altitude, come back down from it, battle the altitude sickness, lose, and now have to take on what is a much better team, even though UC's been playing good basketball the last week up until that game. Houston, for me right now, has to be the front runner in this conference. And second for me right now is your Red Raiders, man. They're, they're playing as good as anybody in this conference right now, and it's not a one-week fluke. Is it going to be for they're the getting whole consistent. season? I don't know, they're but getting it's been consistent. a month. Yeah. yeah. For a month now, they've been pretty consistent. And beating ranked teams. I don't know that you can look at maybe you can might lump OU in there as well. Yeah. But yeah. anybody else has not been consistent like those three teams. Yeah. I, I would use the word impressive. Like, you know what I mean? Like consistent beating good teams, teams you thought were going to be better than them. Oh, sure. And holding a standard. And yeah, which who would have thought that before the season? Houston, sure. But I've been more impressed by Tech and Oklahoma than I have been by Kansas and Baylor. Oh, I have too. And a lot more than Texas. So I still think we, we, I don't know if we'll ever have a grip on who is going to be the best team in this conference. I don't think we can confidently pick a winner until the end of next month when there's a game or two lead. It's just because by that same token, do I think Kansas could turn things around, go on a go on a good run, and win this conference? Yeah. In fact, I think there's still an outside chance that Baylor does that. I'm not really putting any money on it, but like it could happen. Iowa State could do that. TCU might not win the thing, but they might be back in the rankings in a couple of weeks. That's that's just how that's the blessing and the curse of this. Well, they're they're there now. Yeah. Oh yes. Today. Yeah. You're they're, right. They're there now. You're Houston right. at number four. Uh, Kansas drops to number eight. Uh, after their loss, then you have Iowa State climbing up 11 spots all the way to number 12. Mm. For me, that's a little high. I, uh, Texas yeah. Tech drops up five spots to number 15. Baylor drops down three after the loss to TCU at number 18. BYU down a spot at number 22. Oklahoma dives 12 spots at 23. And then TCU climbs back in the rankings at number 25. So, again, you see all those Big 12 schools, and you just know that night in and night out, I, I don't know that you can look at any game. And I I almost want to take Houston out of the equation because I do think they're that good. They're a step above. Yes. Yeah. You take anybody else in the conference, and it's anybody's game. I don't care who floor you're playing on. Yeah. And what surprises me about those rankings is how they feel about Oklahoma. OU was number 11 going into the weekend. 
um, dropped 12 spots after that. And so to, to the to the bigger point of Iowa State jumps up 12 spots, Tech only jumps up five spots. Yeah, I know you had just lost to Texas, but they're playing at home. They need a win. They're, you were almost good enough to be a top 10 team last week, and Tech goes in there and beats them, whereas Iowa State wins at home. I know it's against Kansas, but to me, those are like two comparable opponents, right? And Tech did theirs on the road. Iowa State did theirs at home. Tech jumps up five spots. Iowa State jumps up 12. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's the other thing. I, I don't know how to play these ranking games anymore. But right now, it's West Virginia and Oklahoma State are at the bottom. Cincinnati and UCF aren't that far away from them. But, <laughs> but have had some big wins already this year. And then you got a big clump in the middle before you hit Houston and Tech. So, it's it's going to be a dogfight, man. I mean, anything could change over a week or two in this conference. Oh, absolutely. I agree, 100%. This is the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. We'll take the break. We'll come back, get into some more football. We're back right after this. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Scott Drew making his weekly appearance. My recipe for these colds, I start with the steroids. <laughs> I don't take them by mouth. I get the actual shot, okay. and then I chase it with the methyl prednisone, and then throat coat to herbal tea. Just Dr. Mosley trying to talk be there That's for you. really good. I yeah. thought you told me it was just four hottie toddies, and you'll be fine. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Your only local copper company is CTWP. They've been in business since 1979 with coppers, wide form uh, format machines, shredders, and mailing machines as well. They're an authorized dealer for Xerox, Konica, Minolta, Canon, Lexmark, and more. They offer short and long-term leases, rentals, and direct purchases. Optional maintenance plans are also available and included with all parts, labor, and supplies. If you need to copy it, scan it, print it, build it, fold it, or upload it to the cloud, CTWP can recommend the correct machine and software that you need for your home or office. Named the 2023 Elite Copier Dealer, uh, Outstanding Customer Service and Community Involvement by ENX Magazine. They support the community and they've donated over $2 million to nonprofits around Texas. Stop by and see them in Waco at 3730 Franklin Avenue or at 1505 West Avenue in Temple, or stop by ctwp.com. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hey, folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. 2024 is here, and it couldn't be a better time to purchase your next new Chevrolet. For an example, Silverado is as much as $10,000 off. Traverse is $5,000 off. And the all-new Equinox, $3,000 off. And we also have the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory folks that we've seen in years. And we don't play any of the games or gimmicks, just honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 TurnerChevy.com. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville and Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection of metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. 
It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Steve Maya, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. You okay over there? You're, you're a little down? Right, tell us something. Oh, it, could, it picks up. It's just a very <laughs> long intro. That's it, that song rocks. Starts out with a little light guitar, though, to throw you off. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, championship weekend. As we have the Super Bowl set, Casey and San Francisco. Uh, I think San Francisco's, what do we see, a two-and-a-half-point favorite? Really? How How is that possible? Am I missing something? It, I, don't, I don't get that. And yeah. maybe it's just, maybe, I'm, maybe I just don't understand. But Brock Purdy. And I know it's not quarterback play versus quarterback play, right, but it right, kind of right. is. Brock Purdy versus Pat Mahomes. And you're going to give Purdy a two-and-a-half-point favorite on a neutral field. I'm, I'm not buying that. And I honestly, I look at the defense. Whole season, yes, San Francisco is the better defense. It's not by a ton, but I thought they probably may, maybe had the best defense in the NFL. But these last two weeks... Show me what Buffalo and Baltimore did to expose holes in this Kansas City defense. Because they didn't. No. 
both Green Bay and Detroit did that against San Francisco. Like, I know it's the playoffs and all the teams are good, but this kind of offense that Kansas City has, even without the quality of receiver they've had in the past, that's a different animal than what you saw against Green Bay and what you saw against Detroit. I can name one receiver on those two teams. Like, like this is this is a different kind of animal. And so that, that honestly, for me, that's the biggest difference. I mean, quarterback, yes, absolutely. And then I look at defense, and I'm like, Kansas City's a better postseason defense than these guys. There's no doubt. They just are. Well, let me ask you this. If, if the Chiefs go up 24 points on the 49ers, is there any coming back? No. There's not. No. Not against that defense. Not unless they just decide, eh, we're not going to come out of the locker room in the second half. Yeah. I mean, that's Bags the only way. a bit too much or something. I don't know. Like, I, that's the only thing I could, I could think of. That, that, that's, they didn't, realistically, didn't give Baltimore an inch. I know they got down to the goal line for one of those turnovers, but they forced a turnover, you know, and the other one is the 20-yard the throw. Like, they baited him into throwing into triple coverage. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, they just didn't really give Baltimore anything. And I know Munkin has to answer for some of that, but they shut down one of the best offenses in the league last week. And San Francisco needed to come from 17 points down because I know their offense had a part in it too, but their defense buried them. They put them in a hole. You know, it's not like Purdy fumbled twice and threw a couple of bad interceptions. No, he, he did didn't. throw one interception, but like Detroit just had the ball. Not good field position, drove right down the field on him a couple of times. So I, I just see more vulnerabilities in this San Francisco team than I have in Kansas City. Maybe I'm thinking of that too simplistically, but I, I've just seen more paths to a loss from the Niners than I have from the Chiefs since Christmas. I, I agree. I can't I just can't see it. And I don't I don't understand. And maybe that maybe that swings in a different direction because I I think it'll have to because if 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 I'm the betting guy and you're giving me two and a half I I'm taking the Chiefs and I'm gonna make some money a lot <laughs> I'm gonna make some money too I I that would be the most if that stays that way obviously subject to change over two weeks for sure but. If it stays that way, that would probably be the most confident I'd be in a bet in a Super Bowl in a while. Oh, yeah. You know, like we haven't had gargantuan mismatches like you used to have every once in a while. Um, I would take that. By, by the way, real quick, I do have some other football news for you. It's sure. just come across my timeline. 16 push-ups for the 16 wins it takes to take home a state title. That's okay. what the Midway Panthers were doing today. First day on the First job day. for Joe Gillespie. <laughs> Makes the whole team do 16 push-ups in front of the camera. How about that? Talk about expectations, man. He's he's planting those seeds. Already. He is planting those seeds. So that that is confirmed. That meeting was, of course, this morning. We, we pretty much knew it yes. was official, but became officially official today. Todd Dodge officially official over Saturday, mm-hmm. which we were talking about on Friday. Um it all blends into the football blender here. Yeah, absolutely. You guys at, in charge, 
And does that, what does that say to you? I know you know the Gillespie's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Does that surprise you? Not at all. Push-ups for 16 Not, wins for a team that only mm-hmm. didn't break 500 last year. Not at all. That's that's the Gillespie mentality, and it it will be an absolute meat grinder this spring for the Midway Panthers. But they'll be better when they come out of it. Yeah, and and you kind of need that, right? No, yeah. I mean, I would say I would argue pretty much any team with a losing record needs that. And where it really helps is a team that actually fought back last year. You know, they weren't one and nine. They fought back. They made the playoffs. They lost a heartbreaker in the playoffs. So like. That that's a team that is hungry, and you will weed out the men from the boys with that. You know, with mm-hmm. with a one and nine team, you do it too. But like the Junction Boys, you might be a little thin, <laughs> right? But with Midway, you know, you got some dogs there. You saw it in the second half of the season. But you got to find out which one of them is going to step up, right? And actually defend the food bowl. Yep, and it wasn't just for show. No, it wasn't just, and and and, and this is important with high school kids too. It wasn't in the middle of the season, right? Mm-hmm. When you know there's games on Friday nights and there's pep rallies and all this. When you're doing it, first off, today at the end of January, when you're doing it in April, when you're doing it on August 1st and it's 105 out there, that's a different kind of mentality. That's where months were weeks away from having the glory of actually going out there on a game day and hearing your name called and running through the running through the friggin' paper or whatever, you know? Um this is, and I thought about this over the weekend. It's just an amazing hire to me for Midway, not just at the surface level, but for we were talking for a month, basically, mostly off air of like, what are they doing? Why haven't we heard anybody surrounding hadn't, Midway? Hadn't heard a, anything. I mean, there had been a few rumblings, but nothing really that you went, hmm. You know, I, it, I, look, I think it's a great hire. It is. An absolute yeah. home run for the Panthers. And and the other thing, too, with that is, like, their coach left in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little different from college, but you've got to have a short list, right? Of, like, you know, I, I, and I don't know this, for example, but, you know, one of the names we had heard about or talked about, I, I didn't really have a source on it, was, was Brian Bell. Okay. Like, led China Spring to a state championship. He's still here in Waco. He's, he's in a booth job for Baylor. Like, okay, that's someone on the list. You know, we can... Or, or you know, here's the guy at whatever name, name your school. I, I don't, I don't know, Cleburne or whatever, who's had a couple good seasons in a row. We can bring him a step up. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't there like five names on that? And we're like, maybe there's something behind closed doors. And then we hear the first week in January or second week in January, Matt Step is saying, "Oh yeah, they're starting interviews this week." What? What? And then all of a sudden, the guy who was a finalist for the Frank Broyles Award two seasons ago is just available towards the end of the cycle. From what it sounds like with him being a late entry, they probably already had a guy checked off. Probably had a guy they were ready to offer. And then, wow, Joe Gillespie comes around. What much better you can you can do than that at the end of January? Except maybe Todd Dodge. But I don't think that was happening. Mm. I think that was more of a DFW thing. Yeah, maybe. Eh, it's maybe. not that far away. It's not that far away from South Lake. Right. To the grandkids. Could you imagine that? That would have... I mean, I think the Joe Gillespie hire is a great hire, and it is for different reasons. But could you imagine Todd Dodge coaching at Midway? That'd be something. That'd be a heck of a radio show. <laughs> hey, that much. Dodge All right. There you go. 
little high I, school for you. We'll get into some more of that as ooh, big week. we are in a big, big week as realignment will come down in just a few days. And by the way, I'm guessing the over-under here for how many times my Super Bowl pick will change. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it's score or winner, four and a half. Okay. Four and 13 half. days. We just keep that in mind. I might hit four and a half this week. I've I, got Kansas City. I'm, I'm, look, by seven you're not going to, you're not going to knock me off Kansas City. I don't care if, <laughs> if it goes from here to whenever. I have a my, feeling I will pick them today the and then the Friday started. before. <laughs> I'm still good so far. Yeah. I have a feeling that's what it's going to be. I'm going to pick them today. Okay. I'm going to pick them the Friday before, but there's going to be some change in between. All right. We'll see how that all works out. Coming up next, JMO will be in here. He'll have more on that Baylor TCU game uh, that was at the uh, Foster Pavilion on Saturday, followed by the Matt Mosley show right here on ESPN Central Texas. That's going to do it for us until tomorrow. For Cam and Aaron, I'm Ward White. Until next time. So long, everybody. Baylor Big 12 Basketball on ESPN Central.